Hey there, welcome to Dev Jams. This is where we talk with developers who are doing very interesting things. Maybe they're projects that are pushing the boundaries of what's possible with image and video management and delivery. Maybe they're looking at things from a different perspective. Maybe it's just things that we got really excited about here at Cladinary. And that's where we're gonna be talking about, the intersection of where developers are building awesome, amazing projects and how they're incorporating Cloudinary into those projects. My name is Sam Brace. I am the Senior Director of Customer Education and Community here at Cloudinary. And in this Dev Jams episode, we're going to be talking with one of our very own employees, one of our solutions architects, Igor. And he has gone and developed an amazing project connecting together Canva, one of the best, most widely used tools when it comes to creating content, specifically maybe slides, maybe graphics, all sorts of things you can do with Canva. It's a tool that I personally love using, and I'm very excited to show how he created this connector between Canva and Cladinary to really make sure that there's a space for creating this overall content inside of Canva, and then making sure that it can be optimized, delivered perfectly for websites, mobile projects, and other various needs via Cloudinary. Joining me for this episode is Becky Peltz. And Becky Peltz, of course, is somebody that you've seen in almost every Dev Jams episode. And she oversees our overall curriculum and learning opportunities at Cloudinary for our developers that are using Cloudinary. So Becky, it is wonderful to have you here for this episode. Hey, you know, I'm excited to be here. I used Canva as an instructional design student for many years, and I was always downloading it from Canva, uploading it to Cloudinary. And so I love this project and it's, it's great to be here. I, I completely agree. What's wonderful about this, as you're pointing out, is that that is a flow that not only you have faced and I have faced, but it's probably something that millions of Canva users have faced is they probably have certain times where they say, I would love to have this delivered as a URL and not only as a URL to make sure it's optimized with all of the various things to make sure that it loads quickly and efficiently on people's devices, on people's browsers. So it's to say that this is not just a niche use case and it's something that excites maybe a portion of the population. To me, this is something that every Canva user can benefit from the work that Igor is going to be showing us here today. So I'm very, very excited by that. Yeah, and I think for developers, um, you know, we have a lot of integrations with a lot of different tools, headless tools, image video tools. But I think it's interesting to be able to see how an integration is created. And, and in Igor's process, he worked with the Canva documentation and, and to just kind of see how, diff how this integration is done using a node server. So, I, you know, there's many different ways to integrate, and this is an interesting one. Exactly. And I got to tell you, if, if you're a developer that's trying to figure out ways to connect two like-minded systems together, you're going to find an absolute amazing learning resource in this. But if you're just a Canva user or a Cloudinary user and you're trying to say like, huh, I've always wondered if those two systems can work together. There's all sorts of things you're going to be able to track from this. So it should be a great conversation with Igor. One thing I do want to point out before we bring our friend Igor onto this to start talking all about his project is we do want to point out that all Cloudinary podcasts, including the one that you're part of here today, which is Dev Jams, that is going to be found at cloudinary.com slash podcasts. 
And as we can see here on the screen, that is where you're able to go through and review all of the previous podcasts that we have gone and issued across the many different programs that we do have. And of course, you can dive into the episodes and watch them and listen to them as you so choose. And similarly, you can enjoy these on any of the services that you, you happen to be on. That includes our own Cloudinary Academy, YouTube, also in listening only mode for various services like Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and more. And we're going to have some great conversations here today. But if you want to continue those conversations past this episode, know that you can always head over to community.cloudinary.com and be part of all of those various discussions that are taking place. So you can meet other users, maybe those like Igor, or maybe those that were previous guests on Dev Jams, or people that have never been on Dev Jams, but possibly could be because they're doing great things with our overall service and pushing the boundaries of what's possible with image and video delivery and management programmatically. So I want to make sure everybody is aware of those things before we jump on over to talk with Igor. So Igor, let's have you come on to the program. Great to have you here. Hi there. Igor, let's get a little bit of context here. So I gave the audience some details saying you're a solutions architect that works at Cloudinary. I didn't give anybody much more detail. So go ahead, give us a little bit of flavor about who is Igor and why are you here today? Thank you, thank you, Sam. Uh, thank you, Becky. Oh, uh, yes, I'm a new, relatively new solution architect in Cloudinary. I mean, even though almost a year I was in the Cloudinary uh, and um, I've been, in the industry since uh, year 2000. So I've been sometime in different roles as a web developer, team lead, as a managed professional services, uh, integrated lots of uh, different systems during my career, excited to be part of the Cloudinary family. And uh, this is more or less my background. And what's great about what's happening here is that, of course, you're our first guest that is really coming from the solutions team. We typically profile people from the outside, people that have done something with no ties to Cloudinary before, other than maybe reading the documentation, maybe being inspired by some of the training courses we have, and they go and build something. But you, of course, work with us, and we get the chance to interact with you on a daily basis. Tell us about why you decided as part of the getting to learn Cloudinary phase, being within Cloudinary and understanding what it's about. What inspired you to do this project that you have here today, connecting Canva and Cloudinary together? Sure. Uh, first of all, uh, uh, before even I decided to join Cloudinary, I was excited about Cloudinary onboarding process, right? Which sounds for me unique. Some companies doesn't even have such a process. And part of this process was actually that was uh, cl uh, clear to me from my manager is that I will have to build some sort of a project. The project should be something real, not some, you know, uh, imaginary and unuseful uh, project. Uh, project should be maybe even blog, something face facing our customers. And um, I said, this company probably does something right if they want their own employees to actually use the software, um, uh, try it, and uh, actually later uh, deliver it to the cl clients uh, and customers. And uh, I, I was excited already in this. I was sold pretty much in in, in the beginning, and uh, 
eventually, due to my background in some building some online editors or involved in lots of integration, when I saw uh, one of the projects or possibilities to build something with Canva, there was uh, an easy choice for me. Well, and I, I think the great thing about being able to do this is that, as you're saying, it's real. It's it's code that people can use today to be able to bring these two systems that don't have direct integrations, official integrations together. But you were able to create something that really is going to benefit so many users and also give essentially developers an answer when someone says, can you connect these systems together? You, you've, you've given them a very clear pathway, which I love that. That was part of your graduation project as a, a good term that is out there, a way for you to say, I'm putting my work out into the world. This is my first way to tell people I'm working at Cloudinary and be able to do that in an excellent way. So that was fantastic that you've been able to pull this off. But what inspired you to look at Canva? Like, was there any every experiences working with it or seeing it out in the wild, maybe personally, professionally? What got you to, to say, I should link this to Cloudinary? So for the past 15 years, I was actually working a lot with the, uh, a lot of Adobe products, right? InDesign, Photoshop, a lot of personalization using InDesign servers and et cetera. We had lots of uh, requirement from users to have something as par powerful as Photoshop, maybe, maybe not necessary as complex as Photoshop, but for the wide variety of customers and have it online, right? And um, I would say about already maybe four or five years ago, the Canva, everybody was talking about Canva. I said, I need to uh, look at the Canva. And by the way, my own previous job, we, we had our own proprietary online editor. When I saw the Canva, it just blew my mind. And this is a unique Australian company, uh, which, um, which developed something unique. And when I joined Cloudinary, I, I saw kind of uh, parallels that uh, Canva was the best at what they do in the design space, right? And Cloudinary is the best of, of what they do with the media. And, uh, uh, and uh, for me, it was an interesting to combine those two. And actually, uh, I think you started uh, your uh, podcast uh, with, uh, with something that millions of users are using Canva. And... I actually today Googled and, and uh, uh, I think uh, I found that, again, it's a bit old article, but uh, in 2022, the projection was that they were going to hit in about 1 million a user mark. So that's, that's an amazing, so, so I always, I had some, some commercial way of looking at when you build, right? One, one way is to build something which can be useful, but that if, if our developers can also make it out of it a successful product. So I think to, uh, this connector can expose them can expose their cloud and maybe to millions of users, right? It could be a, uh, business to business. It could be a B2C. So just give them ideas of how they can actually um, help. Uh, millions of users to uh, uh, deliver media. And that's what's exciting, I think, about it. Yeah, well, I, I think this that. is interesting, too. I was looking at the documentation from Canva, and I noticed that we'll be seeing movement from Canva into Cloudinary, but you can actually move both ways. So here you have these two kind of headless media companies able to exchange with each other, and then, of course, other websites if needed. So 
it's just kind of a really cool integration um, between these two companies and their product. Absolutely. So Igor, let's do a quick walkthrough of this so that way everybody understands what this is. Because I think we've talked about this conceptually enough where something's happening in Canva, content creation, and then it's going to be delivered by Cloudinary. But let's see the overall flow of this thing. So I'm going to bring your screen in here and maybe we can do a quick demonstration. Sure, absolutely. So here I'm in Canva, right? And um, I want to create my design. Let's assume it's some Instagram post maybe. Right. Uh, I can choose from a variety of different designs, like like uh, templates, right? And uh, I don't know. Maybe this is a, a, an HR type of post, like we are hiring, or some other uh, stuff. Maybe I want to uh, um, uh, to customize, right? Um, once I once I customize it, I'm like probably to publish it, right? And uh, this is where the uh, a lot of uh, customers will say, okay, what do I do? How do I make sure that it will be delivered in the most optimized format? How I will actually um, use this CDN also so it's going to be cached super fast and et cetera, et cetera. So millions of users can see this post, et cetera. And this is where the integration so all all they need if let's say they have already a cloud in their account and they have the uh an integration then they just in this case i have this already integration in place i'm choosing the cloud in their it's already connected to my particular cloud right and i can choose maybe some folder where i want to maybe organize something like that maybe i can choose the format one of the formats that uh, um, available for me to save this. This is, by the way, configurable by your extension. Uh, maybe provide some message that can be used later in there and, and save it. If all went well and my extension is up and running. First of all, you're going to get back already a URL which can be shared, right? This is this is the, the uh, version which we just customized, right? Um, if those of you who know Cloudinary, you will see that this version includes F-Auto, Q-Auto, meaning is optimized format, optimized quality. And again, we can go wild here and add more transformation even on top of this, um, uh, on top of this uh, uh, um, uh, asset. Uh, and if we will go to the Cloudinary and let's say go to this uh, folder, we will find this asset now. And we also can notice that I uh, applied some contextual metadata, I apply some tags to it, right? So that can be also searchable within my, uh, my uh, let's say, uh, uh, asset library to find the something that has certain tags or or um, something that uh, maybe has a contextual metadata with have uh, with scan by ID. So I can basically 
not only publishing, but also organize it in a certain way within the Cloudinary, right? And obviously this uh, published URL now can be served in any systems, can, can, be, can be used on any website. So that's the overall workflow, uh, final workflow, which, which we see. It's incredible. And I think what's yes, amazing yes. about it is that you've able to done, do a few things that you've pointed out really, really well, is that if you want to make sure that this is now easily searchable for inside of your cloudinary system, it, you've now shown how adding something into the comments field be as, as searchable content that when it makes its way into cloudinary as an asset. I think it's also where we didn't have to wait long. I mean, this is a real-time demonstration. This wasn't tape prior or anything like that. And then you add something where you created in Canva, you delivered it to Cloudinary within a minute, if less. So it's incredible what you just pulled off here, Igor. Becky, I didn't mean to interrupt you. You had a yeah. point there. Oh, yeah. No problem. But yeah, I was struck by a same thing. I mean, we've taken an image that had really no context, no metadata, and made it into, put it into a place where it can be, have a high amount of context and be pulled in from, from many different data identif identifiers, like the tag or the context metadata. So, so I think that's something to look for as we see how, how you implemented this, Igor, is how did you get that context associated with those images that you are pulling in? Yeah, absolutely. So this is where we can, we need to already get in the bits and bytes of the integration. So yes. uh, I guess uh, that would be a natural progression. So for those that would like maybe uh, later um, go uh, uh, a bit more detailed, uh, I do have a, a blog, right, that you can find uh, that describes uh, um, how to build Canva extension, give, give you pretty much all the information you need, this is just like for your reference, right? So have you detailed here, uh, we may not be able to dive into all the aspects here. So, um, for this particular project and also the project that was, uh, facing the public, I decided to use, uh, glitch, uh, glitch is a, a very easy way where you can create an application. You do not have to use any desktop ID. You pretty much, I mean, any, any, any student can use it. He doesn't have need to have a very powerful computer or any proprietary software. Uh, he, he can create a very powerful application. I use the, in, in this particular, uh, uh, express framework. This is for, uh, for, uh, to create my, uh, rest API, uh, endpoints, uh, uh, that should satisfy, um, kind of a publish extension. We're going to get into, uh, into details a bit more. So I use glitch as a platform where I kind of developed the POC and also, uh, also something that is actually the, the, where I publish my endpoint, right? So this is a development. Mm -hmm. Environment plus actual my endpoint resides on this system and can be accessed, right? So it's a, a kind of self-contained. Some of you may use some IDE, uh, Visual Studio Code. They may be gonna uh, use a Git or GitHub to uh, to for their pod versioning, you know. and eventually they may use I don't know, let's say AWS to actually publish their Lambda to work or uh, their 
uh, their endpoints. But uh, this is more like self-contained, a bit easier to understand. But uh, I also love uh, Glitches and Awesome Company, which was uh, acquired by uh, uh, by Fastly, which is also a cloudinary uh, CDN partner. So um, this is uh, what I use for this particular project. Uh, hey, just we... not to interrupt you, but uh, excuse me, Igor, but like for for this extension now, I as I understand it, you need a base URL. So um, whatever code that you, however you package it up, whether in Glitch or in serverless functions, you will need a base URL. So you get that automatically from Glitch, right? Exactly. Yeah. So you get you, you get you get your like uh, a unique. Uh, or like a namespace, right? You call it a domain name. You obviously can can have a, a, a more robust version and pay for your C names and, you know, have, a, but yes, it was very easy to use because I got my, my uh, all my domain names, everything set up for me pretty much, right? You get in it and uh, it was very easy. Now, Canva also has a, a tremendous uh, documentation, and and uh, I, I actually uh, when I when I look looked at Canva documentation, look in Cloudinary, and saw how how we both uh, um, create a, a, a very unique uh, content in a very professional way. So it was so easy for me being a USA within the Cloudinary just by reading some of the documentation, try the samples, right? Uh, um, be able to achieve uh, what you see here in the, in a very few days, literally. So, um, so here at Warg, this was this was new to me because, like, I've always thought. I mean, this is my ignorance is that I always thought of Canva as being a very UI based tool. But as I started going down the rabbit hole, I'm like, oh, we have great developer documentation. And and seeing this area, it's it was very enlightening for me to be able to see this project, but also to kind of see the various layers that Canva has created to be able to create these types of connections that you've gone and showed here. So I can see here on your screen, the, the way that they're calling this is a publication or a publish extension. So what we're ultimately doing is it's getting added to the publish menu of Canva and it becomes a, an app just like you chose it from in this space. And that's what yeah. they're encouraging developers to be creating. Exactly. So Canva has a, 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 a lots of uh, out of the box extensions, but it also allow developers to create their own. And uh, there are several types of extension. There are a content extension, for example, one of the next steps maybe would be bring asset from Cloudinary, and that would be a content content extension, right? So this is would be probably on the left when you do upload. That's what it called content extension, where you taking the extension for uh, your asset from, right? Where you selecting your asset. Not necessarily you start from design. Maybe you want to bring an asset. Another type of extension is this is where you publish, and it's a publish extension. So here you see my extension, but if I do more, you will see that a lot of connectors are already there, right? And those can, some of them are written by uh, well-known companies like Instagram and et cetera, right? But some of them, like mine, was written by, by developers, right? Uh, 
so there is a lot of extensions uh, and uh, I, there is a great, great uh, uh, developer uh, uh, documentation that allow you pretty much very quickly uh, read about the uh, extension you want, uh, uh, go with a quick start user guide, right? There are examples here. And then, by the way, I choose Glitch not just because it was, it was also one of the easiest choices because I pretty much maybe get the project that I could have just clicked, remix, right? And then uh, start developing so my own. Like a quick start here, huh? They've given you kind of a quick start for, for doing your extension. Exactly. By giving you a sandbox. Exactly. So, yeah, so maybe uh, this sample is much simpler than the one that you see, or actually my example would be a combination of lots of lots of samples that you will, you may find, and obviously a bit more customized for cloudinary needs, right? Or for, with the cloudinary in mind, but definitely uh, the, the quick start uh, or user guides here. And by the way, on Cloudinary documentation, you will find a lot of also uh, quick start user guides, samples, also that use uh, Glitch and some other systems that just allow you to play with the code, right? Uh, how you implement the, I don't know, product gallery widget of Cloudinary, et cetera. So it's a, today it's very common where developers can quickly progress from documentation to some online uh, mm, uh, mm, uh, sandbox where they can actually play with a tool before they, let's say, purchase anything or before they decide of use this library or, or another, right? So they, yeah. the, uh, there is a very short path today from documentation to actual, uh, actual uh, uh, sandbox and the prototype which our developers can build and that's very exciting. Now, Igor, yeah. one thing that I know is a big thing that Becky and I always talk about in training, especially with Cloudinary, and I, I want to address it in your project because I think you did a good job with being able to handle it well, is something called environment variables and then basically making sure that that's not exposed to the public users in any way through something called a .env file. Um, can you show me how you maybe did that, maybe how Canva looks at that concept inside of your project? Yes. So, so uh, in order for us to build uh, to build the uh, extension, we need at least a few things. Uh, one of them, obviously, if we want to push uh, asset to Cloudinary, we need to store Cloudinary application keys, right? Uh, basically, how we execute the APIs. Um, so, in my particular case, uh, um, so. What I was doing, I was using the uh, yeah. the .env uh, uh, .env library, right, which is using uh, env file that allow me to store uh, pretty much uh, different keys. So this is where I stored my keys. Now the interesting thing is, if you will uh, come here and, uh, and remix this project, right. To make it of your own, or you trying to view it as a different user, you will not gonna see this information. You see it stripped out for you. So, um, 
to be honest, I was a bit worried in the beginning. That's why I created, and I think in the blog post, I created a, what I called public, uh, public, uh, 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 endpoint just for blog purposes where I actually in the, uh, instructions, uh, tell you create the dot .nv. I just give an extra layer of security there. I was afraid to, to store it there, but, uh, glitch takes care of it, right? So no worries uh, there. Let's go back to uh, my uh, cloudinary endpoint and let's talk about the second key. Why do I have a, a, another value? Here is the Canva client secret. So Canva build with, with um, security in mind, right? When you start developing your, uh, your, uh, your uh, uh, application, and this is already, I already created, you see, I can create new app right there in the cloud in the, in the Canva UI. So you will see that one of the things is verification. And this is one of the actually things I really like. So your endpoint Canva actually wants to ensure that whatever you will develop, be secure for its users. That endpoint uh, will actually will implement the security measurements even if you can you can run the security tests and they actually will submit various uh, uh, various uh, client secret timestamps they will try to fail you and you should actually your service should return a proper uh, HTTP responses. If you do not, you will not be able, let's say, publish such extension or stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, I noticed too that there's a regenerate button there. So if anybody was trying to copy down your key, <laughs> you should have it with the Yeah, good point. So obviously, right now. And has the same thing. <laughs> yeah, obviously, right now, everybody will see this key and we are recording it. So, obviously, this is not something. So, after the call, I will regenerate a new one and then I will uh, be able to, to use. But yes, the security in mind, this is great. Um, uh, this is, by the way, where I point to my own uh, endpoint, right? Which is on glitch, right? And basically, your uh, project name will be the end, uh, the, the 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 entry, right? The URL for your for your uh, uh, for your endpoint, right? Uh, and again, awesome, awesome. A very on one hand, it's simple, but everything in in Canva is very. Uh, so first of all, uh, you notice that I had some user interface where I selected the uh, uh, folders. Now. Uh, since Canva wants to control kind of user experience, right? They don't want that uh, different um, uh, different uh, uh, plugins or extensions look slightly different. They want some sort of unified uh, look and feel, right? And uh, and uh, so they provide you pretty much with a, with a user interface. You just need to uh, uh, to write a couple of uh, endpoints to to feed yeah. the information <laughs> to them. You're yeah, going to start so, out with an endpoint that is going to go get you something, and then therefore they're going to have some UI that has lists or a single item. So yeah, and and yes, Rebecca, absolutely. So when you said uh, word get, and this is exactly actually almost the name find and get. 
the endpoint name. So, so for even from the names of the endpoint, which Canva asks you to actually uh, to write, it's very easy. Uh, to, it's not some you know special names. So for publishing, they're using upload. By the way, I found that the upload uh, endpoint is very similar to Cloudinary upload, right? So it's an upload, which is mean publish. And this is exactly what you do when you, so, so a lot of similarity in terminology, if, if you say, right. And then, yes, there are, uh, there is a fine that's basically something which uh, loops through directories, right? So I used here a couple of Cloudinary APIs. In this case, I use the subfolder API and, uh, and, uh, then eventually uh, there is a get once you find the, 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 what you want, basically you are, you are, uh, passing uh, back the exact, uh, subfolder that you decide to place your item there, right? The, the final, uh, URL. Now that was, uh, developed before Cloudinary, uh, I think had, uh, uh, dynamic folders. Now we have dynamic folders that maybe would do it differently, but again, the concept of structure or place your designs and organize it within the DAM uh, still applies here. Yeah, and it looks like inside there you you go and, and you get these resources and then you map them in your, I think it would be down a little bit from what I'm seeing, maybe line 120 or so, where you, you were just here where you were at. Uh, you so down there, at, oh, up a little bit, I see like line, line 115 there. So you take what you get out of the subfolder response and you map it to their object Absolutely. type ID. Yeah, name I will pass eventually yeah, all this information to their object so they can also build the UI and eventually uh, once something is selected, then they actually can already uh, call the upload API, right? And pass what was selected because it was it was done by different endpoint, right? The define the and the get the actual path, let's say where you want to store it. And they the actually, uh, the, uh, those few lines of code are responsible to push it to the cloud, right? And literally a few lines of code as what we upload, uh, I'm using the, uh, logs, uh, logs and the, uh, a lot in this just to debug and see what information is sent to me. That's how uh, I was able to understand exactly what type of, uh, let's say, uh, body uh, 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 structure they sent to me, right? So I could access the URL of the asset, right? I can get a design ID, right? Canva design ID, which I uh, decided using as a file name. And because I'm using the default upload preset, even if I will reuse the same design ID, but there is a, a, a unique, uh, unique characters are added by Cloudinary. So I do not overwrite. Again, I could have decided to overwrite. It depends on the workflow. Now, uh, right before actually, uh, I do provide some contextual metadata. I could have uh, provided me, uh, maybe uh, uh, create structure metadata. Now. Uh, right before actually well, before you jump to that, I, I want to point out something that I love what you did there, because if you look at the context, it, this is the, the connection of what we saw earlier in your demonstration, where when you added in comments 
then how did those become searchable fields within Cloudinary when we were trying to find the files? And it's because of this plus message that you see here, like the request body message, that's that grit, direct connection for us to know that we're applying this as context metadata. So it's, that was genius because you could see people add, adding lots of things, frankly, in the Canva UI to be able to explain what's happening there. And knowing that all of those become searchable keywords for people to find that asset later with Cloudinary, that's a great, great feature that you added in there. I, I, it's, it's very, very smart. Yeah, thank you. And my personal favorite actually tags, right? Uh, actually, I had added just tags today. I, uh, when I joined the Cloudinary, I didn't put much attention on the tags, but once I discovered the power of Cloudinary tags, that just blew my mind and also list APIs that are around it. Again, we probably need a different session on those, but <laughs> but, uh, uh, but uh, uh, that's why I added these in, in another line here, just to add, uh, add, add the tags. And obviously now, if you know, in this case, you need, you need to know the tag if you search by it, right? So right. if the design ID is something generated by, by Canva uh, uh, unique, and uh, basically has no particular structure, it would be hard for you to guess that one, right? So you probably, when you're using the tags, this may be not the best uh, field from design ID from Canva to use. Uh, I would use here maybe something more, uh, uh, more uh, human readable or understandable or guessable, right? Let's say yeah. some name or whatever. But the idea is that you can apply tag and then doesn't matter how many variations you will create of the same design, you can search by the same tag and then get all of those designs yeah. for you. So we can obviously very quickly demonstrate the same. We'll just, let's say, create V2, right? Version 2, right? And then we're going to uh, share it again. And let's say I'm going to put it even in the samples folder. I don't have to even put it in the same folder, different message. Uh, by the way, this message in my case is required. You can make it not required, just the configuration of the extension is uh, on the, on the uh, published extension. Um, so now it's saving. I want to show you, by the way, that when we save all the information, I just put it in the log, just easier to see. You will see here that I got uh, all the information from, from uh, uh, Canva, the, the file name, the, um, the type, the uh, design ID, right? So that's the actual tag. And then I also store here response from, uh, from Cloudinary. Um, now let's so go there. Just to make it clear, you, this is where you're calling our Cloudinary upload API and pulling something from Canva, which is pulled in by its design ID and used as file name. I'm not and pulling it per se. It's more uh, Canva when it calls the uh, endpoint. It, it passes uh, in the uh, message, uh, that passes message body and message header. The header is yeah. used for security to actually do some, you will see each method use validation of this post message. That's what you use in the security. And remember the key which discussed Canva ID. 
and the body is a is a adjacent body object that you can get an information from Canva, take it from there, and then pass it to Cloud. That's probably would be more accurate uh, description of what happened. So if we go right now back to Cloudinary, uh, to the to and maybe go to I don't then search and maybe right now I know the tag, but let's say I'm just going to apply the tag. So now I have two designs, right? Now this is V2 and this is actually marked as a new. We see the nice preview here. This is V2, this is V1, right? Or basically our first creation, right? They have slightly different, I think, message. One has a test and another has Ah, they both have tests. I guess I, in both cases were tests. But the idea is that I have two variations, right? But they all belong to the same design ID. Then maybe later I can do something about it, right? Maybe in the future I will open up Canva uh, from Cloudinary and uh, load the design ID, right? load design it i just given the ideas where we, we can bring it to the future but but um uh, the most important that you can you can tag you can uh, affect your file name you can you can do lots of stuff you can organize your content and most importantly you publishing it in the multi-cdn environment of cloudinary and this later can be served in the most optimal uh, optimized format and uh, quality, any type of transformation, and etc. When and one thing I want to do, let's let's jump back to glitch for a second because I do want to unpackage one more thing that happens to be in your code that I think is going to be very helpful for people when they're working between these two systems. Scroll down until we see resource type. I think it's line forty-four, if I remember correctly. There we go. I see it exposed. Yeah. So, line forty-four resource type. So, as we know, because we work at Cloudinary, this is where. We're saying, is this an image? Is this a video? Or is this a raw file? And raw file can be any file type that is not able to be transformed, meaning we're not going to resize it or crop it or change its format and other things that we can do. I mean, there's hundreds of things you can do with it. But it's to say, what, what I like that you've done here, though, is you've called our auto resource type situation. Because when someone is working with a system like Canva, they're going to be bringing forward images like we saw. We're going to be bringing forward JPEGs, PNGs that were created in Canva and then make sure we're deliverable inside of Cloudinary. But what's also possible with a system like Canva is you might be bringing forward documents, such as maybe a PowerPoint file or something that's going to be, we consider them images the way that we work from the Cloudinary, but PDFs could be considered documents too. So it's to say, you don't have to think about what's coming from the system. It'll just automatically detect it and make sure it applies the appropriate resource type. So I thought that was very smart, once again, to make sure this was future-proofing this, making sure that all types of users can benefit from this um, when they're connecting these two systems together. So that was a good call in your code. Yeah, thank you, Sam. Yeah, and this was just for simplicity. You don't have to think what type of the asset you have. And as you saw in when we are actually uh, posting something, let's say, and in sharing, we can decide on different type of format, right? right? And suddenly it's can be, become a PDF, right? Uh, and, uh, and obviously in order not to have some e-file statements or others and maybe 
even though Cloudinary, you can use PDF as image and as raw. So that's where maybe you will need eventually get into, into the, those case or if statements, if you want really, uh, let's say taking control, right? How you want those files be accepted by Cloudinary, right? But if you don't, then auto is a very uh, good option to, to use, right? So now actually I'm going to uh, get back. And this is going to be in this case, uh, it could be a PDF, but also we're going to go to Cloudinary right now. Let's see. I'm going to go to the Cloudinary and reload or refresh or, or now we have another asset, right? Image format PDF, right? So that's just the power of Cloudinary. It is. Now, one thing that I'm missing right now in the code situation, in I'd love for you to see it, because we've referenced this a few times, is this F-Auto and Q-Auto that we keep talking about. And of course, F-Auto means automatic format. So that way, when you're getting these as JPEGs or PNGs from Canva, we at Cloudinary can deliver them in the most optimal format possible. So it may not stay as that JPEG or PNG. It might become a WebP as an example, or it might stay as that if we see that as most optimal. But it's allowing Cloudinary to help make the choice so that way the content is as lightweight as possible, but it's only based on format. But And QAuto is similar when it comes to the compression side, making sure that we're providing the most optimal level of compression based on a person's browser and, and frankly, device as well. But what I'm wondering is, how are you applying this F-Auto, Q-Auto inside of your code? Like, what's making that being appended into the URL? Sure. So um, in my particular, there are various techniques that you can use, right? I decided to use actually another Cloudinary uh, method, right? That is basically the URL, the, the method that allows me uh, to build the URL. We also have a, a, a method that allows you actually to build the whole image tag, right? If we want the whole image tag. I use the URL here and within the URL, once I uploaded to Cloudinary and got back as part of the result, a public ID, right? If you remember, I told you that I, I I allow here to use a dynamic upload presets, which actually generates the unique name for this uploaded file. It adds some characters. So I do not know at this stage what will be the public ID. That's why I need a response once the cloud and re-uploaded, and I'm going to get the public ID. Now, once I get the public ID, I can build the URL. And here again, uh, you can use any of your requirements. I do, do here very... The bare minimum, I saying use version. I, I don't have to use version if I uh, don't want to. Uh, I'm, uh, <clears throat> I'm, uh, I would like to use uh, um, <clears throat> transformation. In this case, I'm saying I would like to use quality, fetch format, which is auto, right? I could have specified particular format I want to use, right? I could have specified particular quality I would like to use, right? I could have added all uh, hundreds different uh, transformations, uh, which Cloudinary supports, uh, and uh, um, generate URL, right? So this is something that can be 
uh, well, I'm not using here again. That was built when I just uh, step into the Cloudflare world. You can use here name transformations, right? Which is very powerful because then you actually um, uh, give something of another um, kind of like encapsulation. So basically, let's say if I would add here a name transformation, then I could have used Cloudinary and build very complex name transformation, right? And uh, give it to the uh, uh, no code user, right? The user doesn't have to write the code maybe later to change this name transformation, right? And use uh, cloud and transformation builder for that, right? So, uh, well, Igor, I mean, as big as you can make this, the fact that you're even able to apply just these two is so powerful too. So it's to say like, yeah, you can always iterate, <laughs> but this is, this is pretty impressive in itself to be able to add F auto Q auto to every URL. And then, Becky, make sure I'm understanding this correctly. So if I'm looking at this flow that we have here, we have it where we have the endpoint that's using the upload API, and then we're calling, is this the URL helper method that's taking place for all of this F-Auto, Q-Auto, and URL generation take place? Yeah, yeah. So the uploader, the API returns a promise, and Igor's dealing that with dealing with that using the then. So he gets the upload result back after the upload is successfully done. And now he has access to the upload response, which contains lots of information. And some of that information is that public ID. So upload result, public ID is the unique identifier from Cloudinary. Upload result format was the original format that he used to upload. Version is the result version. So he's able to pull in data out of the response and use that to generate a unique URL from the Cloudinary URL. And there are other kind of, I call them helper methods. This one builds a URL. There's one that will build you an image tag. There's one that will build you a video tag. And they basically just produce strings. And then once you request that string in your browser, it goes through a lot of processing and eventually gets served off of a CDN. So a lot, lot of things going on once you've got a Cloudinary URL that you can take advantage of. I love it. This is, this is absolutely fantastic. Igor, you, of course you wrote this. There's, there's so much we can unpackage, but whatever big things do we want to make sure that people understand? Like maybe was there any roadblocks that you came across? Was there any big learnings that you came when you were building this project that is worth unpackaging for the audience? So, uh, I mean, some little things which I found is maybe that I couldn't actually find in documentation or wasn't, uh, wasn't clear. Like, uh, for example, when I used the subfolders API of Cloudinary, uh, um, the Cloudinary has also root, API, root, root folders of something API, which I didn't want to use both. And then I found the way if I will just pass the backslash, that's actually give me a root. Like little things like that. Um, also, I found a bit, um, uh, not a clunky, but I spent some time on the, uh, not necessarily on Cloudinary end, but on the uh, Canva around the validation, right? all of this validation of security, which implemented here, which I advise uh, to go and look at, right, uh, a bit more closely. Um, what else? The rest is a, I wouldn't say that the, the, the other things are um, basically uh, 
wasn't that hard to implement, right? And again, uh, even if you're new to Node.js, if you're new to Cloudinary, new to Canva, you should, uh, uh, using this blog and those few resources, put this together in several days and already have your own uh, uh, Canva publish extension. Now, my extension is not public extension. This extension is of the, uh, 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 it's a team, uh, a team extension, right? So when you publish it, you basically do not have to go for scrutiny of the uh, Canva, which should make it available for millions of users. Obviously, there are, uh, there are some things that you will have to fulfill. But uh, so it's a bit easier to build, to build your prototype, right? Uh, to play with it. Uh, and then obviously uh, expose it within your organization. So that's what I was using here. Um, I found this a very easy way of, uh, uh, if you, let's say, building a new version, which you want to point to different endpoint. Maybe this is prod and you want to point to staging, right? Or right. maybe you have prod too. So uh, can we have out of the box, create new version. Now it's become draft of the new version, right? Which you maybe can repoint to some other place. Mm-hmm. You maybe even want to, uh, let's say, remember I told you I'm forcing the, the message, right? Maybe you don't want to force the message, right? Uh, maybe you want to, to use different, uh, not allow maybe a PowerPoint, uh, whatever, uh, extension, right? Maybe you want to reconfigure it a, a, as well. Right. Um, uh, so, and the interesting thing is using the same client secret. If you're using the same endpoint, you just may be messing up with the descriptions, with the UI, it doesn't have to be changed within the code. Right. So those type of things. So, and then you can even preview it. So right now I actually can maybe preview and you see now, I mean, they have right now two names. I probably should have named the second one, this different, <laughs> but, uh, if I'll choose this one, ah, I, by mistake, choose the design, which I need to buy. So let's use something free, uh, and, uh, and, uh, choose. And you will see right now that I don't have this PowerPoint, right? Right. Selected. I don't have these uh, uh, message as something they have to use, right? And in this case, I'm using the same. So, actually, there is some error. I need to go dive. Maybe there was ch- actually change in this uh, um, secret key and etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. Right, but you can uh-huh. test it. And, and yeah, exactly, be- exactly. And this is where the logs are coming into place. And there I should, or some public ID, invalid name. So actually it was Cloudinary error, probably not do, doing a good job on the, uh, on these, uh, uh, naming convention. But again, this is how you are debugging this stuff. Actually, I intentionally wanted to show you. So this is how you, you getting help from what you, you are doing and, uh, perfecting your, your integration. And the, the great thing is the, the, uh, the Canva also makes it very easy for you to basically publish your draft. Now I have my new draft version, right? Which I can continue to edit, right? 
or maybe I want to delete it. And once I'm done, I will be able to publish it and it will overwrite my extension because this is a new version of V2. So again, uh, love what Canva did around extension, love what they did around, uh, around security and even more excited about the cloud in area and what we now, how we can help all these millions of uh, uh, Canva uh, users to publish their designs, uh, to deliver them across the globe in the most uh, uh, unified and, and uh, optimized way. When, to, and to the, encapsulate everything, what I am really happy about, of course, is that not only will people have this podcast episode to be able to reference, to understand all the ins and outs of doing this, but you also have a fantastic blog post that's pu published on Cloudinary's main blog that highlights all of this. It has clickable, usable links to be able to get access to a lot of this so you can remix exactly everything that you've gone ahead and built as anybody that's working between these two platforms. So it's a, you have plenty of resources available to the world to be able to make this Canva Cloudinary connection a real thing within their organizations. So you've really empowered a lot of developers here, Igor. This is fantastic. Thank you, Sam. Excellent. So Igor, we're going to let you go, but have a wonderful day. This is wonderful to have you here. And then me and Becky are going to say some nice things about you. So you have a wonderful one, Igor. Thank Thanks, you, Sam. Thank you, Becky. Have a good day. Yeah. Bye. So, Becky, What's your key takeaways here? There's a lot of things that we can unpackage of this project, but what, what are the things that are standing out to you? Um, well, I think the way that the documentation for Canva is set up, that they give you a glitch starter. I mean, you can take that and then just play around with all of the different, I mean, it's certainly Igor's talk generated a lot of ideas on built based on what he did and then what else you can do as far as you could maybe start bringing video in and, and then you could bring, you know, stuff from Cloudinary into Canva and just lots of different, iter you know, permutations there. So um, I think it looks like a, a fun playground. <laughs> I agree. I would probably look into, you know, building out some serverless functions too, because as long as they all are hosted at the same domain and you have that base URL, you know, you can do that in a serverless mode as well. So lots of, lots of interesting paths that a developer might take with this. Yeah, I agree. And I think you're touching on something that I think is really inspiring to me. And it's a move that I've seen Cloudinary starting to do with more quick starts, more ways to try it, exploring code. And Canva has something very like-minded where we have a lot of ours tied to Repl.it, which is a similar service with some differences, of course, but similar service to what Glitch is providing. And we have a lot of that in our documentation for people to try it out to actually show our audience to what I'm talking about here. But if we pop over to our documentation, you'll see that we have quick starts very similar to what they had here, where we can test out the node SDKs um, right from this area with a overall similar service to what they're providing for this so people can expand and try things out in a safe space. So it is where I like that Canva and Cloudinary are doing something very similar in that space, but it's where we're also encouraging everything that Igor did is they want more developers to create connections between this system and that system and the other system to Canva. So if it's inspired from a business perspective that they've embraced the creator and the developer within their overall product, which is very, very cool to say. Yeah. 
Well, and you know, I think a good developer experience is the one where there's less code. <laughs> so anytime they can supply you with a nice set of code that you can just kind of put your specialty stuff on, that's a good experience. And and they're definitely in the right place as, as Cloudinary is too. It is. And it was smart for Canva to use Node as a starter, frankly, because I mean, I think a lot of our coursework was written in Node intentionally because it is a framework. It is a way for people to be able to do things truly front end, back end because of the JavaScript connection between all of it. So it is where it's, if it's a smart space for them to be in. And, 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 but it's also to say that if someone were to try to replicate what Igor did possibly in other SDKs, it might be possible. So it, there's, there's lots of connectivity there too, which is very, very cool. Yeah. Just go home and, and talk to chat, chat GPT-4 and he'll give you probably three or four ways to do it. So. Oh, man. We, we, like, we, it wouldn't be a podcast if we didn't mention chat GPT in it, right? <laughs> no, absolutely. No, but great stuff. And to highlight, of course, everything that we have talked about, once again, on cloudinary.com slash blog, you'll see Igor's post. We'll have that, of course, in the show notes with all the associated links if you want to follow along with everything that happened to be there. So wonderful space for you to be at. And of course, before we do let our audience go, we would do want to point out that this is not the only Cloudinary podcast episode that has been out there. We have many. We have years now that we have produced of this. So you can always find every and all episodes of the podcast programs we produce. There's two Dev Jams as well as MX Matters. And you can see those at cloudinary.com slash podcasts. And that's where you can dive into the episodes, watch and listen, and also have links to any of the associated podcast services that we happen to be subscribed to, such as Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, YouTube, as well as our own training resource, the Cloudinary Academy. And without making sure that we don't continue the conversations, we have to continue the conversations. And if someone has questions about anything we've covered in any program, or frankly, anything that is kind of tickling their brain about what Cloudinary can provide, you can always go to community.cloudinary.com where you'll find our overall community forum and its associated Discord server for you to continue the conversations. So this is all good stuff. Now, Becky, any final thoughts about the Igor conversation? No, um, it's great to have Igor on and to be able to share some of the work that our own employees are doing. You know, it's there's a lot of uh, creativity in the company and it's nice to be able to pass that around. Absolutely, mm -hmm. absolutely. So one last thing that we do want to point out here is this is actually somewhat of a bittersweet episode for us because this is going to be Becky Peltz's last episode on Dev Jams. So Becky's moving on to some brand new adventures, which we're really, really excited for her to be a part of. And it's been amazing to have her as my co-host since we've launched this overall effort. But it is to say that this will be the last time you have Becky on as our official co-host. So Becky, I wanted to say thank you for the many years of helping our developers, helping out the overall community to understand what is available with Cloudinary and expanding their knowledge. So thank you for being a part of this. Hey, it's been my pleasure and I'm happy to be here. Um, I'll have to check out what you've got going on um, next time. <laughs> absolutely, so. absolutely. And that's to say that we are still absolutely continuing the Dev Jams program. We'll be out once again in the next few weeks 
with a future episode where we're talking with another developer that is doing some amazing, innovative, inspiring things with the overall service. So don't worry, even though Becky won't be with us, we're still going to be here. And of course, hopefully, Becky, you're cheering from us from the sidelines on this overall mm -hmm. case too. Excellent. So on behalf of everybody here at Cloudinary, thank you for being a part of this episode and learning more about what our services can provide. And we'll see you at the next one. Take care, everybody.